today on my first concert. That's my favorite part of a of a concert is when uh, the lights start to go down and the crowd just amps up in anticipation and just starts, you know, clapping or yelling. And and they're just so excited to see their favorite artists come on. I tend to stand and face away from the stage because I'm looking at the crowd to see how the house looks and, and how people are getting amped up. It, that moment never gets old for me. Today's guests have not only attended dozens of concerts, but their jobs have involved meeting many of the stars through sports and entertainment, which is what they do and did. Kelly McGrath is Director of Sales and Marketing at the XL Energy Center, which has hosted dozens of concerts. And for many years, Jora Bart worked with her. Well, today, Jora runs the School of Rock, which is a venture you have to hear about later in the show. It's all brought to you by AquariusHomeServices.com, by Propane, reducing carbon emissions. Learn more at Propane.com. And by our bank at TalkNorth.com, and many other businesses, by the way, throughout Minnesota and individuals, StarBank at StarBank.net. Kelly McGrath, how are you? I am doing very well. Great to talk to you. Well, it's awesome to have you on. I've seen Kelly at many, many concerts through the years. Jora, it's good to talk to you again. It's been a while. Yeah, you too. I'm so happy to be here. I love any chance I can talk about my former life, as I like to call it. (laughs) New adventure is pretty exciting, too. But I want to ask you, first of all, and let me go to you right away, Kelly, your first concert, or at least, and I find that most people seem to remember their first concert. But my question to you would be, what is yours? You know, I've always said my first concert is Rick Springfield at the Minnesota State Fair. I put myself in roughly the eighth grade. So if people want to figure that out quickly. Um, But I looked it up in anticipation of speaking with you. And I don't know if that's true. I kind of feel like Brian Williams when he said he rode the Blackhawk helicopter. I might be making that up. (laughs) But I know I did see Rick Springfield with one of my best friends in junior high. And her mom took us to the show. And it was, of course, when Jesse's Girl was the song, um, probably on uh, what was then, what, WDGY or um, sure. LOL was one of the, the big stations that was a big part of my youth. So definitely uh, a Rick Springfield girl. Yeah. And that was probably Kelly before he was a TV a soap opera star, wasn't he? You know, he probably was doing both at the same time. He would have been on um, General Hospital. He was a hunky, hunky doctor on General Hospital. So I, I unfortunately <laughs> watched that, too, as well as I was a big All My Children gal. Well, I, I don't want to admit that I remember Luke and Laura. Wasn't that on General Hospital? I think they're still together apart, together apart. Her, her dad is trying to <laughs> keep them apart. What do you remember about the Springfield concert? Any specifics outside of seeing them? You know, I just, I, I remember going a lot to the state fair at that time of my life. And we would all stand at the the base of the, the Grandstand Bridge because one of the stations, that was their prime spot. And this, of course, was before anybody had a cell phone to text. So that's where you really gathered to meet everybody. And I remember being there a lot um, and then just walking up across the big, um, bridge that leads into the grandstand and then going to the show there and being outside. And I think that's where I first got the bug just for the collective live experience of how amazing it is to be with a group of people all together to to watch, you know, watch an event together. And especially when it's a bunch of young girls that are super excited to see the the top heartthrob. It was just a fun 
um, energy filled night is what I remember. Yeah. And of course, now you see that. Uh, and I don't know, you know, I suppose it's easy to take for granted, but you you are every, virtually every concert they have at XL, which is all the big acts. Uh, do you ever does it ever come back to you when you see those shows? That's my favorite part of a of a concert is when uh, the lights start to go down and the crowd just amps up in anticipation and just starts, you know, clapping or yelling. And and they're just so excited to see um, their favorite artists come on. I'm usually at that point um, on the floor. We're usually uh, back at the house by the sound mix waiting um, with photographers for the show to start. And it's just that moment to, I, I tend to stand and face away from the stage because I'm looking at the crowd to see how the house looks and, and how people are getting amped up. It, that moment never gets old for me. Jora, what was your first concert? It's so funny. I, I love I love that Kelly's was at the State Fair because mine was too. <laughs> so maybe that was like the hot concert place. I mean, it still is today, but um, mine was in the 80s. I don't remember the exact year, but I saw the Mamas and the Papas minus Mama Cass at the Liney stage. So it was free. It was outside, but I'll never forget it. It was my first time seeing live music. I was with my family. It was dark. We were at the fair. Everybody was dancing and singing along and it was just magical. And honestly, from that moment on, I've loved music. I've, I loved working for the Excel and all those moments of, of getting to see people's first concerts and experience that like through their eyes. And, um, yeah, it was a blast. I actually thought that my first concert was Prince at the State Fair. And then I looked up and I'm like, oh, he never played there. So I don't know. When <laughs> I swear I saw Prince because I in my little childhood brain, I remember seeing like a purple outfit from the back that had the butt missing in his outfit and being like so <laughs> utterly shocked. So if that concert ever happened, I don't know where it was, but I was there and I was a very impressionable young child. Well, you both would have been there when Prince played the XL, right? I was not there. That was a little bit before my time. I worked on the hockey side for the first part of my career. So I think I just missed it. Oh, man. Uh, Kelly, that, that, that was a show. Well, that was a series of shows. Three shows uh, when Prince Pitt played here which were, was just amazing, back to back to back. I know, I know you've seen Ticket Demand on, on uh, almost every show you ever host, but I can't even imagine what that one was like. It's hard to remember that the whole ticketing system was a little different at that time, but he was certainly, um, we, it, we knew we had three shows. And if I remember correctly, we probably went up one and then, oh, by demand, here's another one. And by demand, here's another one. But we knew all along that Prince here in Minnesota selling out three shows was not going to be a problem at all. They were great shows. He, he, you were probably here, Dave, you and, you and Julie, but they, he brought on special guests each night. And I actually went as a fan to the night uh, Morris Day and the Time came out and opened for Prince. And that was just amazing. He was known for not starting on time. Were those shows on time? Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> you tend to forget those part we've had a few artists that uh they make them wait and that uh, gets a little stressful as the building we're we're all for it if that means people might have another cocktail uh when they're with us but at the same time uh you, you do want to you know get a show up up and running not a, that doesn't happen as much the entertainment is such a business now uh that that people run pretty pretty on time it is a great day when you find a business that you have to have, like a bank. 
and that when you call them, they actually have a real person answering the phone and you know you're going to get things done. The reason StarBank is successful is how they treat and respect their customers. But even though we all want that face-to-face meeting, this day and age doesn't allow that always. So they're always ready, technologically speaking. For example, they have a fantastic mobile app, so that's up to you. But they have 10 locations here in the state of Minnesota, and includes rural Minnesota and right here in the metro as well. And what you want to do is just uh, find out what they can do for you. I know there's a lot of businesses that use them. I know there's a lot of individuals in Minnesota that not only use them now, they've used them for years. Businesses have used them for years. They're They're not new to this business, trust me. And you get to know them, and the staff is unbelievable. In fact, I would say that if you go into the bank, there's a pretty good chance they'll know you the the second time you come in right away. And I'm going to say that you'll know them just as well. It's the actual bank that we use here at TalkNorth.com. So we're practicing what we preach, folks. High service at Star Bank throughout the state of Minnesota. I would say just go to Star Bank .net for more information. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. Welcome back to my first concert. Kelly McGrath is with us from the Excel Energy Center. And Jorah Bart, who has something called a school of rock going these days. We'll tell you about that in a minute. Jorah, though, we talk about the action through the years. We talked about your first concert. Tell us about Tom Petty. Yeah, I. this is one of my favorite stories. Before we do that, though, I have to go back to Prince because um, I've got a story with that, too. So the day that Prince passed away, which nobody will ever forget, especially people from Minnesota, we were actually hosting Mumford and Sons that day. And I remember we started hearing rumblings that something might have happened. And then obviously we heard he had passed away. And and so the whole day turned from the celebratory day where we were going to have Mumford and Sons there to this really somber experience and, and wondering like, like, what are we going to do? How are we going to pay tribute to this iconic person who's such a a huge part of Minnesota music and our legacy here? And um, it was really cool to see. So Mumford and Sons got together, talked about it as a band and decided that they wanted to learn how to play like that day. Like, let's learn how to play. Nothing compares to a song that Prince wrote. And so all throughout the day, Kelly and I, you know, and the rest of our crew are, are backstage, like listening to them learn this song and really focus on this song, practice it. And then that night to see them pay tribute to Prince and the whole arena is just lit up with people's cell phones shining bright and everybody singing along together. It was just one of those magical moments where that you are so happy that you're part of that that moment and that's something that you'll never forget. So I just wanted to mention that because it was such a cool moment to be a part of when when they paid tribute to him that day. Did you have conversations then with Mumford and Sons? I mean, did they say uh, uh, that had to be pretty intense for them being in his hometown and performing that same night? Yeah, it was, you know, I wish it would have been me directly, but it was definitely our like GM talking with their uh, tour manager. Um, I did play ping pong with them at one point later on on a different tour that had a much less somber um, uh, feel to it. So that's one of my favorite moments, too, is ping pong backstage with Mumford and Sons. (laughs) So how did that how did that happen, Jora? I don't mean to digress. (laughs) (laughs) really where were you you were you probably had the night off well they happen to be shirtless i left that out too which is also like one of my favorite memories (laughs) but no they they honestly are just a big group of friends and they toured with their families they all had you know young families that they were starting and so they brought their own ping pong tables and they'd set them up backstage and would have tournaments and um you know my other co-worker ellen mcnair and i were passing through and 
asked if we wanted to play. I said, absolutely. So we're playing <laughs> backstage with Mumford and Sons high-fiving. And it was one of those moments where you're like, is this my job? Like, I, I feel like I shouldn't be getting paid for this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you should just charge and, and bring in new uh, new players and you'd make a lot of money just there for yeah. folks that want to play ping pong with Mumford and Sons. Totally, right? Well, that's the beauty of your jobs through the years. And, and uh, there's another one that's a very dramatic story about Tom Petty. Yeah, so... Um, we every once in a while we'll get an email from a fan um, that there's there they have a loved one that's going through something um, and would love to meet the artist and as the publicist for the building I would always forward those along to the tours and um, rarely would we hear back you know the tours are super busy they're going from city to city and it's just really hard to facilitate every request that comes through and so I'd always tell the folks like yep I'll send it through but you know typically we don't hear back and with this specific show it was Tom Petty was coming through with the Heartbreakers and we had a, a woman reach out and her very best friend um, was like the biggest Tom Petty fan ever had like grown up 20 years before that in a Tom Petty cover band like knew every word of every single song um, she had been diagnosed with cancer and was um, at the end of her life and was in hospice and they had had tickets to the show to go and it was like her dying wish to be able to go to this show and they just reached out to us to see if we can like make sure that we made it a pleasant experience for her she obviously had some really um, intense medical needs and um, we forwarded to the tour and and heard back and they said you know yes Tom Patty would like to meet her like we're gonna set up a meet and greet backstage um and I was floored. I was like, already like, wow, I, I already love Tom Petty. Tom Petty was really special to me, but now I love him even more. And so the day of the show rolls around and this gal, we give her the VIP treatment. She arrives, we greet her at the sidewalk. We walk her in, we have a you know, a very wonderful dinner set up for her with all of her friends. They had to have medical staff there with her because she was so sick. Um, I was able to estimate her backstage for the meet and greet and just kind of be a fly on the wall. And it was one of the most amazing and magical experiences I've ever seen. Um, Tom Petty walks in, all of the heartbreakers walk in to meet this woman. They are hugging her and kissing her on the cheek. Tom Petty is stroking her face and whispering in her ear and telling her stories. And she is just soaking it all up and having this beautiful moment where she forgets about everything except the moment that's happening. And I always tell people like, if you would have just popped in and not known who anybody was, you would have thought that Tom Petty was her brother because he was just so amazing with her and wonderful with her and really caring and thoughtful. And um, before he left, she said, thank you so much for, for doing this for me. And he said, no, no, like, thank you for allowing me to be part of this moment in your life. Like, it's so special to me. And I, I've not, I, that was the most magical moment in my entire 20 career working in sports and entertainment is to see just the pure heart of Tom Petty and what a gracious person he was and caring person. And he wasn't doing it for any cameras or anything like that. And I'm still getting teared up because it's just, it was such a just special moment. Jora, that's a incredible story and I've never heard it before. Yeah, it was, it was just one of those moments that 
I will cherish forever. And I love telling people about it. And it was shortly after that, that Tom Petty actually passed away and um, which made it even more impactful and, and special. And he'll always hold a really special place in my, in my heart and in my life. And um, just what a seriously special human being. You know, what's also cool about that story is uh, you mentioned Tom's there and the Heartbreakers and, and Mike Campbell and the band. And I think anybody that follows Tom Petty, as, as you know, is they know the entire band. They know every band member. They know all the details about him. The fact that they would all show up had to be, I mean, for Tom to show up is just off the charts. And then the band to come in. I mean, that she probably knew every single member and details about him that they didn't even know. Yeah, it was like a huge group of people just laughing and telling stories and and really just making this moment special for this gal. And and they did. They felt grateful that they that she allowed them to be part of that moment in her end of life, which is really a cool perspective that I hadn't thought about before that, that that they just really felt special that they were allowed to be part of that. Hmm, Man. Uh, Well, we're going to come back in a minute. I want to talk to Kelly about Aerosmith, Kid Rock, Bob Seger. I'm going to talk to Joe a little bit about Mick Fleetwood and some others, so make sure you stick around. This is my first concert. Great to have you with. Our thanks to Propane uh, for sponsoring the show. And I bring it up because reducing carbon emissions, I think everybody's well aware that we're very concerned about that. But how do we reduce emissions while also meeting the world's increasing energy needs? And that's a huge question, obviously, but you hear it daily, and you should. Well, using propane is an excellent way to reduce emissions. It is. And what you can do is go to propane.com and learn more and say, what? I didn't know that. And yet it would meet the energy needs we have. Propane is clean. It's a non-toxic energy source that helps reduce carbon emissions right now. And I I like to bring this up because it kind of gives you an idea. I don't think any of us really maybe understand carbon intensity scores, but I can just give you this uh, piece of it so that you know how it works. Propane has a carbon intensity score in Minnesota of only 80. Grid electricity, which we all know here in Minnesota, including wind and solar now, has a much higher carbon intensity score of 136. Pretty impressive. And you probably didn't know that. Propane, much cleaner than electricity. And there's an abundance of propane and the growth of renewable propane. We talk about this before. It means that the next generations to come can use it. Millions of us rely on propane, whether we're heating homes, businesses, we're running our vehicles with it, off-road, on-road, and many other things, of course, as you know. But it does make propane the right energy choice right now. You can find out a lot more about what propane can do for you and the environment by simply going to propane.com. Dave Lee back here on my first concert, and uh, Kelly is with us from the Excel Energy Center, Kelly McGrath and Jora Bart from the School of Rock, and she and Kelly worked together for many, many years over there and met many people. Uh, Kelly, let me ask you about some of the folks that you've met along the way, and particularly Aerosmith. My Aerosmith story, they have never played at the Excel Energy Center, and I hope that we can remedy that sooner than later. Um, They were scheduled to play here, Dave, and that was the year that Steven Tyler fell off the stage in Sturgis, if you remember. Oh, yeah. And he um, ended up having to cancel tour dates, and that was one of ours. But I did see Aerosmith as a fan at um, another building in this market. Uh, (laughs) Went there with um, some coworkers, and uh, one being someone you know well, Kathy Ross, who was also a former publicist here at the arena. 
and we went with two other gals and we, we got to our seats and our seats were okay. They weren't great. And you get a little spoiled in this business that, that okay is um, disappointing when, when, you're, when you're in your seats, I'll be honest. Um, but because we uh, worked in the business um, and a gal that was with us, Holly, she had formerly worked at the United Center in Chicago. Uh, the, the tour manager um, found us and he's like, you know, follow us. So we, it was winter time. So we all started scooping up our jackets and this couple next to us started grabbing their jackets too. And we're like, yeah, you're not with us. <laughs> I love the effort though. Cause that's something I probably would have tried to do too. Just get in on somebody's coattails. Um, I always tell our boys, if somebody offers you a wristband at the concert, just take the wristband. You don't know what's on the other side, but it's usually something pretty good. So we get scooped up by the tour manager and he brings us down front row in front of the, the runway that's coming off the stage, a, a thrust off the stage. And of course, once we get there, we're so excited. Well, then we know security because they work both buildings. So as we're standing there, security comes over and just kind of talking to us. And he said, when I give you the signal, you guys move quick and you come right here. And we're like, okay, got it. You know, so as soon as lights go down for Aerosmith to come on, this guy looks at us and we just rush up. And these two gals behind us didn't know really what just happened to them, right? Like we just took the best spots on the floor and they were complaining to the security guard. And the security guard goes, it's not my fault. You guys went and got a beer. Like he just was not going to back them. He was our guy. So we were literally front row stood the whole time. And Steven Tyler at one point was on the ground, like crawling towards us. And I know he was looking right at Kathy. Like we were just dying. And then at one point he's standing on the edge of the stage and I can touch him. Like he's literally that close to us. So for whatever reason, Dave, this is a little, I mean, not something I would have ever done in our old building, but I started doing the like, let your fingers do the walk and climb up the outside of his leg. Like I'm like, and he just looks down and gives me this. What are you like? What are you doing? This isn't how this works. And I'm sure he's thinking, why isn't security like pulling this woman off of me? So we just had the most amazing night of of fun. And it's fun to be a fan. Obviously, when I'm here, uh, a lot of times, and you alluded to this before, I've seen a ton of shows and people will be like, oh, do you get to go to everything? And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm not on the floor, you know, putting my hands on Steven <laughs> Tyler. Like I'm in the back, I'm, I'm working, I don't have a drink in my hand. So it was really, really fun to be a fan that night for just an iconic band and, and had an absolute blast. Were there some adult beverages uh, before the concert or? I mean, we may have gone out before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I had a little liquid courage going. But uh, I, and I'm sure if if Eric Smith ever plays here, I have a chance to meet Steven Tyler. I'm sure it was a memorable night for him, too. <laughs> <laughs> you can reenact it, Kelly. <laughs> and, and there's the end of my career. And done. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for coming. That might have been before you, you uh, phones were recording everything, was it? I'd have to think back the exact year, but as far as I know, there's no video evidence of any of this ever having happened. <laughs> All right, Jora, tell me about Mick Fleetwood. Oh, yeah. So 
As you probably know, we do gifts for artists, which I is also one of my favorite memories. I loved working with Minnesota companies to give them the opportunity to make something for a celebrity. And um, for Mick Fleetwood, we made some really big rainbow jacket or something. Kelly, do you remember that? Yep. Okay. <laughs> my memory gets a little hazy on things and I have to call in Kelly and yeah, be like, do you remember damn. this? I'd, I'd have to think back of which company. You yeah, did think but, you saw Prince at the state fair. So that's yeah, that's true. That's true. Which I'll, I'm going to look that up and figure out that's when that happened. Like or, a fever <laughs> dream as a kid. He was a pants. <laughs> but we had given Mick Fleetwood this gift and he was just so appreciative. And so he's like, Hey, come, come with me. And he grabs me and we walk onto the stage and it's like two o'clock in the afternoon we're standing on a stage in Excel Energy Center with, you know, 18,000 empty seats. And he puts his arm around me and he says, look out there. And he's like, take it all. And he's like, a few hours from now, that's going to be packed with people just cheering, cheering on Fleetwood Mac. And I was like, this is just amazing. And then to top it all off, he turns over and kisses me on the cheek. And I'm like, I am never washing this cheek. Again. <laughs> and I'll say like... In the 15 years I worked on the concert side of the business, we did, you know, we see a lot of the the musicians backstage, but we really don't have a chance to interact with them a lot because we're working and we're running around making sure the media are where they need to be, making sure the tour has what they need. Um, and they're working too. So we are we try to be respectful of that. But there are those few magical moments where you get to just have a conversation with people or see people in their their element, like Michael Bublé backstage, you know, on a Segway, just rolling around, laughing, making everybody laugh. Or um, after uh, Neil Young performed and him coming out in his sweatpants, just like a normal, he just looked like a, like a, my grandpa. (laughs) (laughs) Coming out in his sweatpants, like, oh, just had a show with 18,000 people. I just need to relax a little bit. And so some of those just like mundane moments are the ones that are my favorite. Or Carol King is another one who was just the sweetest and treated everybody like they were her best friend. And I had talked to her for maybe like two minutes, but I saw her as she was walking to go on stage. And she's like, she pointed at me and started waving like frantically, like, Hey, how are you? And I'm like, is she, she's waving at me like, Oh my gosh. Like, this is so awesome. <laughs> so just some of those moments are the ones that I look back and go, Oh gosh, what a, what a fun quote unquote job I had for, for so many years. Yeah, the hours I know are long. Your days get long, but boy, it's all worth it when you get to do things like that. Plus, music is so iconic with all of us, and it's such therapy for all of us that that's that's a cool business to be in as well. Cheryl Crow once um, told me that she, at the XL, I think it was, rollerbladed before her show. Do you remember that? Hmm, I don't. I don't. Maybe that was before both of our time. You know, maybe I dreamt that yeah, too. Now that I think been. about that. Well. <laughs> And maybe that, maybe you're getting Cheryl Crow confused with me because I did love a good rollerblade at Excel Energy Center on the club level. That's <laughs> it. Now it makes sense. Now it makes sense. Thanks, Jora, for clearing that up. Yeah. It's a welcome. lot of years of thinking Cheryl Crow was rollerblading over there. Jora, yeah. Cheryl, it's easily confused. Kelly, Kid Rock and Bob Seeger. Love Bob Seeger. He's one of my all-time favorites. And Bob Seeger and Kid Rock are both Detroit, Detroit boys, and they played two shows. One was here, and then they played in Fargo. Uh, the two of them. And one the reason I loved that show was, well, two reasons. First of all, I mean, if Kid Rock were to walk in the arena as just a fan, 
we'd probably have security keeping an eye on him, right? Like he just doesn't look <laughs> like he's up to any good. And uh, But I tell you what, he came on stage and I just fell in love with him. Like he's so magnetic on stage. He is a rock star. Like whatever that quality is, Kid Rock has it in spades. And so he opened for Bob Seger. And why I loved that show well, was one I just... Like I said already, I'm a Seeger fan, but every time we asked the Kid Rock camp, like, hey, we have a poster that we had um, commissioned for the show. We'd love if you would sign it. They would always say, what is Seeger's, what is Seeger doing? He deferred, their camp deferred everything to Seeger. And if Seeger did it, Kid Rock did it. If Seeger didn't do it, Kid Rock didn't do it. And he just had so much respect for Bob Seeger that he, wasn't going to do anything that Seeger wasn't going to do. And I thought, you know, that's just cool. Like, that's just a, a tip of the cap on his part to just like this legendary artist that he probably idolized growing up as a kid. And I thought, you know, it, it, you hear a lot about how somebody might be. And that certainly in a lot of ways changed my opinion <laughs> of Kid Rock and just how he related to, to Bob Seeger. I was thinking too, if I can go off debut, so many stories are flooding back in my head. Um, and one that I remember is when the Foo Fighters played here, uh, you talk about special moments. There was a young woman who um, really wanted to meet the Foo Fighters. I, uh, she was a, a cancer um, survivor and struggling with her fight. And so we made arrangements for her to meet the Foo Fighters. Well, we also had made arrangements for some of the wild hockey players to meet the Foo Fighters. And that was when we had Nick Backstrom as our goalie. Cal Clutterbuck was going to be there. Well, this gal is meeting the Foo Fighters. So they're all there. Dave Grohl is there and they're meeting this woman. Well, then in walked the Wild Players and she got super excited to see them. Like she was a big Wild fan. So her focus totally turned to the players and Backstrom had signed a, a stick for her. And this is all happening. And literally the tour manager for the Foo Fighters is this huge guy named Gus. And he can see me over everyone because he's that tall. And his look was just to kill me. Like he was like, not sure what's happening. <laughs> like this is not about them. So I have to jump in and be like, hey, wild players, why don't you step over there? Which in our building never happens, right? Like they're, they're our number one. And I'm trying to return the focus to the Foo Fighters. It's, it was just one of those moments where you're like, how am I in this situation right now where I'm trying to navigate who who's the bigger star and, and uh, who we're here to meet. So it was super fun night that, that those two worlds kind of could collide. He sat on what looked to be like this huge throne with a huge cast and just rocked it so hard. He was great. I know too, you know, um, Lou Nanny, legend here in Minnesota. Uh, Nanny and his whole family come walking down uh, the event level one night with Michael Bublé here. And Lou doesn't think the rules apply to him, right? So he just comes barreling through with probably a party of 20 people. And he's going to go right down the the dressing room hallway to find Michael Bublé. And I happen to be down there and I'm like, Lou, 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 what are you doing? You know, and he's like, I got to go see Michael. He knows I'm here. So instead we bring Bublé out. I, you know, find his people and let him know who's here they sat around a laptop and did Michael Bublé's fantasy hockey team because Bublé's, his passion is hockey. He's a Canadian. He's part owner of a minor league team up in Vancouver. And they're literally doing his fantasy 
lineup with Lou and Lou's kids and um, uh, Buble's, you know, stage manager comes out and she's like, you need to go get ready. Like <laughs> we got a show tonight. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a sec. Like I got to get the input on this. So just a great, just classic of all the way around of, you know, Lou suddenly just breaking in and, and then they're downstairs talking hockey. I just had lunch with Louie last week, as a matter of fact, and, and it, is, it, it is amazing when you talk hockey. He knows these young guys. I could just see, I could see that whole thing transpiring. Oh, God, that's, that's a great story. One of his grandsons maybe was playing on Bublé's team, or there's some connection there with one of his grandkids. <laughs> well, Louie knows everybody in the National Hockey League. Uh, so, yeah, what... <laughs> <laughs> but I no, I'm not surprised by that story whatsoever. Hey, I, when we come back, I want to ask you, Jora, about Tesla, <laughs> the heavy metal band. So hang on. We'll come back here. I do want to thank our folks over at AquariusHomeServices.com. I've used them for many, many years. And I'd say make sure you stay comfy and cozy in your home in the winter, in the summer, and in the holiday season. But contact my friends at Aquarius Home Services because they always have something going on. In fact, they're offering a new furnace for as low as $55 per month. That's right, as low as $55 per month. And their quality trained heating experts will come to your home for free and provide options that make sense for you and your home. And I've seen that happen. In fact, I love getting their tune-ups. And the great thing about having those tune-ups from the folks at Aquarius is it makes that furnace or the air conditioner last longer. And when it comes to buying a new one, of course, that's a, that's a, a pretty good chunk of change, no matter uh, what, what you're looking at, a furnace or an air conditioner. Well, they make it easy. When I talk about $55 a month, that makes it real easy. But they make those last longer. And I know that from experience. So when they come to your home for free and provide options that make sense for you and your home, you're going to be impressed. 100% performance guarantee. 100% satisfied with your purchase. I've seen it. I know it. They're great. AquariusHomeServices.com. It's easy to get a hold of them. Reach out because they believe in earning the right to be recommended. And it works, too. I mean, you can find out more about them by just getting a hold of them. And they're just a click away. And they're good. And if you need uh, your water fixed if you need a water treatment system they have kineticos fabulous aquariushomeservices.com jora and kelly are with me on my first concert jora tesla oh, this is a, a doozy i love it <laughs> so uh tesla was on tour with what we like to call our house band which was death leopard i feel like death leopard came like once a year and would <laughs> yeah. always bring other random like you know 80s hair bands to just like really draw in different crowds and and it was great and and uh tesla was there and we had a little gift for them and i of course raised my hand oh, i volunteer you know like this this is my jam i want to go back and give give the band their gift and so walked back there and i could not help myself but i walked in and the lead singer is super eccentric and interesting and as i walk in he's like oh, i love your aura and he's you know putting his hands all around my face and i was like all right this is this is green light to tell my like corny story and so i said i just have to tell you like sixth grade Tesla love song was like the song that you wanted to hear at the dance. Like we would wait for it. It would be our jam that we just couldn't wait for. And he's like, 
are you serious? He's like, let's reenact it. And he grabs me (laughs) and starts slow dancing with me. Like it's my sixth grade dance. And I loved every minute of it. I just was like, if my sixth grade self could see me now, oh my gosh. But I was like, afterwards, I'm like, what'd you do today? Oh, I slow dance with Tesla backstage at at their concert. Like it was just... It's so hilarious. You, I mean, one of those things you cannot make it up. And also one of those moments that I'm sure Kelly was cringing going like, why do I send her in there to do anything? I'm cringing now. <laughs> I'm remembering you telling me. I just slow danced with the, the drummer, I think, from Tesla. And I'm like, oh, okay. okay. Um, did anybody see you? Great. Don't tell anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, see, this is what happens. Kelly, anything we're leaving out? Anything that's coming to mind? Yeah. You know, Jory, you need to tell, too, the, the Lady Gaga story. So we've hosted oh. um, Jingle Ball through the years, and Jingle Ball happens in December, and it's just a, a wide array of artists that will play, um, and you get the up-and-comers, and then you usually have somebody who's a little more established, like Rihanna has headlined our our jingle ball before and um, some different bigger names. One time Ed Sheeran was on our jingle ball and he literally was like the second act on where they give you 10 minutes and we had some (laughs) press lined up and I sat and I talked to um, Ed Sheeran for probably like 15 minutes, just super nice. He's just hanging out, you know, and then in a couple of years, he was a headliner doing back-to-back shows for us. One time, Enrique Iglesias was on our our Jingle Ball, and my mom had called right at that time. And I grabbed the phone, and I'm like, "Hey, mom, I'm actually at work." And and she's like, "Well, I just real quick." And then Enrique Iglesias starts walking towards me to sign some items we have. And who says this to their mom? Mom, I got to go. Enrique Iglesias is walking towards me right now. Click. <laughs> and, I, you know. and I always think of that, like she had to just laugh on the other end. But Jorah, tell when you bumped into Lady Gaga, who was a, like a 10 oh. minute player on Jingle Ball that year. Yeah. So this was, I mean, years and years ago. And yeah, I think Lady Gaga had to be first or second on the bill. And I'm like, yeah, we've got some like Lady Gaga and like Orange Slice and, you know, name random band I've never heard of at the time. And I hopped in the elevator with some media to go, you know, get them set up. And we walk into the elevator and there's this person with the most ridiculous outfit on. And I walk in, I'm like, geez, seriously, like get over yourself. Like, who are you? Like, (laughs) we go on there like, Oh, that was like Lady Gaga. I'm like, yeah, that's never going to last. Like, good luck with that. Fast forward, you're like, oh my gosh, I rode in an elevator with Lady Gaga and I actually was like insulting. Like we're ever going to see her again. That's what I I know. Or maybe two years later, she'll be headlining. I mean, that's the thing, right? You never know. So they get a 10 minute appearance on a show like this. They show up for it and then they become on... They go on to be mega stars, and I, I can't even imagine you'd be able to ride in an elevator with Lady Gaga at this point. Right. Well, and it's so interesting too. I what I found throughout the years is that it's the people on the way up, and the people that 
have been doing it the longest that are always the ones that surprise me as the kindest and the ones that take the most amount of time to just appreciate, I think, where they are. And I think for the up and comers, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm here. Like, this is so great. I'm so grateful. And then for the people that have been doing it a really long time, I think it's that, wow, I'm so grateful. I still get to do this. And this is this is my job. Like, this is pretty amazing. So those were always my favorites, you know, like the surprise moments like that. Jora, tell me about the School of Rock. Yeah. So, you know, after I, I was saying to, to you earlier, like I was so worried to leave Excel Energy Center because it is, it, it was just an epic job that I loved every moment of it. And I didn't want to leave, but I had had my third baby and I just wanted to be closer to home. It was a lot of nights and weekends. And so um, I opened my own business. And so I run a school of rock now. It's, it's just, it's been the best step forward ever. I still get to work in music, but now it's just a different level of like, um, you know, for younger people that to see music really change people's lives is phenomenal. And it's on a daily basis. Like I tell people at least once a week, a parent or a student says something to me about how school of rock is helping them through or finding, helping them find their place. And I'm just like, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and it's super cool because kids that are ages eight and up, we, give them a private lesson. They can learn to play guitar, bass, drums, keys, or vocals. And then we put them into a band and their band rehearses once a week. And then they put on real live gigs every four months. So it's super different, super fun. And I, I love it. I, I mean, I miss the craziness of uh, the concert industry, but, but I'm so happy to be close to home and, and still doing something in music and, and making a difference. Yeah, yeah, you're missing those days of uh, dancing with uh, the drummer from Tesla. I'm sure that probably doesn't. Yeah, but well, maybe you've got maybe you got a future drummer in some rock band that's going to show up someday and come yeah, back. Yeah, I do. You. I I have a seven year old guitarist and a five year old drummer so far. So my two year old <laughs> hasn't taken up anything yet. She's kind of slow to it. I I'm honor about it. But I was actually thinking about what I miss the most about it, and it honestly is the the collaboration with that team that Excel Energy Center has, like there were four of us that did marketing and PR and we came up with some of the zaniest ideas for how to promote events throughout the years. And it was like, how can we make it bigger and crazier than the last idea we came up with? And so I think that was what was the most fun for me throughout the years is just working with such a creative team and really being the best in the business, like across the country, there are hundreds of venues and Excel Energy Center was always at the top of the game for marketing and PR. So I, uh, I'm still proud of them and I, I miss them, but they're still doing great work over there. So yay, Kelly. Before I let either one of you go, and I appreciate your time here today, obviously, and I wish we had more and we might have to make you come back someday. But having seen all these acts and having worked with all these acts, Kelly, if you had a chance to go to a show tonight, who would it be? I know it's such a hard question. I'd always go see Springsteen. Um, looking forward to that this year. And then I love uh, Kenny Chesney live because he's just fun. Like he's not going to try to change your life or tell you what you should think about anything. He's just there for a, a good time. And, and uh, I, I love a show where you can just go and have, have a lot of fun. Just saw him last summer in uh, Denver outside at mile high. And it was an absolute, absolute blast. Jora, how about you? Yeah, I would have to say Adele. 
So we were lucky enough to host Adele on the kickoff of her North American tour. And so we had two shows and it still is like one of my top five favorite shows. Like you just felt like you were hanging out with your best friend who also happened to be this phenomenal singer. And she just told stories all night. You were on the edge of your seat, like listening to every word and laughing and just having a ball. And then I would also say Garth Brooks, because man, what a phenomenal musician and showman and just you can't help but sing along to every single song and dance the night away with those well i know i've jarred your memories now so i'm gonna guess we're gonna do a version two along the way i'll be bothering you for that but in the meantime i really appreciate uh you guys joining us and through the years getting to see you at a lot of different shows which is always a great experience for all of us but music just seems to be that common denominator Thanks to Kelly McGrath, Director of Sales and Marketing at the Excel Energy Center. She's awesome, as is Jara Bart, who now runs and directs the School of Rock. Look it up on the web. It's really been quite a success story, to say the least. They are all just great, wonderful people and many more stories to share. So I think we're going to have a version two with these two and get a chance. A very special thank you to our friends at StarBank at StarBank.net for making this possible. Our bank here at Talk North, by the way. And also, of course, at AquariusHomeServices.com. At AquariusHomeServices.com, they do a great job. Jeff and his staff have been wonderful for many, many years. And then, of course, thank you to Propane. Go to Propane.com and learn more about this idea of reducing carbon emissions with propane. It's pretty eye-opening. Thank you for joining us today on My First Concert. You can uh, subscribe at Spotify, at Apple, or, of course, at TalkNorth.com. Our thanks to Brianne for putting it all together today, and we'll see you next time on My First Concert.